The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to Inspire FM. You're listening to Community Connect. Now, um, today, <coughs> in today's show, so I've got something stuck in my throat. In today's show, we're talking about mental health, um, revisiting it from. Um, last week's topic. Let's <laughs> take over. Cause I got something. I'll take over. But uh, <coughs> apologies to uh, for that because Akib is um, dying. Hopefully he's not dying. But um, so um, we're joined here with um, the man himself. His name is Saidin Islamikum. Janet. Islam. Abdul. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, not too bad. How's your college day today? Uh, I was quite busy actually because I had a lot of work to catch up with and course with college you need to be on top of your game that's good advice love content that's good advice how, uh, how was your day abdul alhamdulillah it's pretty much the same as yours but for me it's mostly revision 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 and um more revision so <laughs> essentially uh, i had a four hour break so i guess i could just revise all day so that's pretty much the highlight of my day revising it's kind of sad really <laughs> when you think about it um next we have shakib assalamu alaikum shakib welcome assalam abdul alhamdulillah i'm fine how are you <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, i'm great i was used to people asking me how i am but shakib <laughs> oh, you broke the, you broke the standard no. oh, oh no <laughs> how are you shakib i'm great abdul how are you <laughs> abdul you want that uh, oh, oh yeah <laughs> so um how how's your day today In my day was great uh, same as you had a four hour break where i just revised basically and yeah All right. Um uh <laughs> now suppose you I could mention that you were you had your day with your friends, right? Yeah, right, yeah. You were you were with your friends? Uh yeah, during my break but for an hour I, I was with my friends. Uh for me it was just being alone pretty much the entire time with my phone. So I'm kind of <laughs> sad that I have a low battery right now. And uh, next we have Akib Slamikum Akib. Welcome Slam, I've recovered. Oh sorry, one second you faded down Slamikum Akib. Uh welcome Slam Abdul. Um, I've just recovered. Oh, uh, <laughs> glad to hear. Can't I be dying on the show? It looked bad for the show. N- not that, like, you'd be dead uh, or anything. I hope, <laughs> that, I hope that wouldn't be the biggest issue. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Um, so, how was your day today? It was pretty alright. Um, had um, a experiment in biology, which was fun. Um, then I had a test in chemistry, which wasn't so fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, alhamdulillah, that sounds really interesting, actually. Um, you know, I'll just realized the more you ask people about their day the more they start thinking and the more happier they get essentially so for you listeners i would suggest that every time you meet someone you ask them how the day was what day was it just kind of helps everyone kind of uh feel better essentially because they in some way or another they realize oh i've done this today and it kind of highlights the day essentially so that's a tip uh, as akib was saying before he started choking was we would be talking <laughs> we would be talking about uh, mental health today which is a revisited topic from last week and on top of that we will be talking also about um the most influential types of people in society so stay tuned if you do want to get involved you can call us on 0158248182 or you can text on WhatsApp us on 0779481822. Yeah, and we also on Facebook Live which uh, uh which you can message us on and on top of that you can like us because we need likes. I think the most likes we were actually discussing earlier the most likes we've had was um 
What was it? 11? 12? 12, 12, 12. Should we set a target about 5 today? Because I would, I would, I would like some of the last few weeks have been fairly low. <laughs> fairly low. But now we've got Shakib on. Like, everyone likes Shakib. Come on, just for Shakib, give us more likes. <laughs> so, uh, I remember before we used to do a for every. Was it like? Uh, every every, every um, comment on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, we gave Dua for that. Uh, so if you want to Dua, like, we'll make it for you at home, but uh, just give us, just comment in and we'll give, make you Dua. So um, let's get straight into it. Um, first topic will be about mental health. This is a revisited topic and we were planning on having Ibrahim here who wasn't here last week, but either he's l- running late or he's come up with excuses for not coming. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, we were planning on kind of sharing the facts with him, getting his opinions of what we said last week. But since he's not here, we'll just continue on um, what we've just been discussing last week. So uh, my memory isn't that good. I can't remember the exact sort of points we were mentioning last week. But I think we finished uh, on that sort of idea of... Um, what was it? It was I asked you what a typical person with mental health looked like. And the interesting thing was... Shakib, you just remember my thoughts. <laughs> I remember what you said. So, and and Shakib said that uh, he he was uh, the image of someone who was sad and lonely and or like always sad all the time and always by themselves. And then he took his words back. So I I, I didn't forget that part. <laughs> but generally, what we took out of that was we do have the stereotype going on. And do you guys think we have that stereotype going along where people think that oh, uh, if he's has mental health issues, that's what he's like. Like, he he has that stereotypical look to him or feel to him or that vibe, essentially. I personally disagree with that because you can never know what the other person is thinking, right? Of course, in some cases, the person may express their, you know, inner mental state outwardly, may by being introverted, by staying home, mm-hmm. by not speaking to people. But it could also be the fact that the happiest person you see could be the most sad person. They could be crying inside. You don't know what troubles they're going through, right? So how could you ever know how they are based on how they act, basically? That's a good point, there. Um, obviously, I can only speak from my own personal point of view. And I know that, say, previously, I might have had that sort of stereotype about people with mental health issues. I might have just sort of assumed that those who um, have mental health problems just sort of have that, have that stereotypical, stereotypical image of that rain cloud above them, you know, always having mm-hmm. such a gloomy day and they're not happy. But I think with your own experiences, say if you haven't had such a bad day and your um, your your day isn't going too well and you're probably not in a right mental state, then learning for myself that, okay, but I'm still not around people, I'm not this gloomy person, then I think that those first-hand experiences sort of taught me that that isn't just the stereotypical... Yeah, uh, I, I get with you. I agree with what you're saying. And Shakib, what about you? Do you feel like... There is that stereotype going around of what a person with mental health looks like. Yeah, I think that stereotype is going around. And I believe that's through, like, you know, how social media and media itself creates this image about how someone with mental health is someone who's alone. But recently I found out from last week's show that it's not like that. Oh, people can hide behind fake smiles and could fake anything, but you don't really know what's going on in their personal lives. Exactly, and that was pretty much the highlight of what we mentioned last week. But this week, I would like to progress on to uh, a different mental health issue, because last week we were focusing especially around depression. This week, I want to focus more on, uh, listen for me, I want to focus more on uh, the issue of anxiety, because I feel as if this is an issue that is undermined, essentially, in society, because and it's so common as well. People around you they might even be going through anxiety while you speak to them 
But I feel as if this is one of the easier ones to kind of cover up, essentially, if that makes sense. What about you guys? Do you, how often do you feel anxious? That's more of a general question for you. I think as a every human being has some feelings of anxiety at some point in their lives because if if you don't feel feelings of anxiety, then it, you're just not a human, are you? Because every human is capable of being happy, sad, and anxi- being anxious is one of those emotions. Junaid, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> the question was, how anxious do you get, like, on a regular basis? How do I, do I get? Yeah. Oh, you should have said that then. No. <laughs> you did I say did that. Say that. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, um, when you get put into uncomfortable situations, naturally you'll get anxious. What, like now? No, 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 I know. <laughs> I think but we've all felt anxiousness on results day. Explain. Like, we're all anxious about our results. Are we going to get into the courses that we wanted to get in, let's say, college? Or are we going to get the grades that we're going to be proud with, our parents are going to be proud with? Yeah, and um, I see Akim making your face there. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on from results day. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing Akim had bad experiences with results day. <laughs> we won't go into details. We won't shame him anymore. <laughs> and um, uh, let's... M- uh, I was going to say uh, to you, Shiki, because the issue with results day, which I found was, people said that, oh, uh, I'm really nervous on results day. For me, I found that I was more nervous on the, on the week coming yeah, to results day. It's like the final countdown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just you're counting down the days, you just look in your calendar, oh, one more day to go. or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the entire ho- summer holidays, we were just thinking, oh, results day are here. But what we, end- what we forgot to do was count down the days until college begins. But the thing is, I, didn't, I wasn't really anxious about results day because I was on a holiday and it, did, it just... Oh, wow. How was it? It skipped my mind. A holiday was great. It just took me... It took all the thoughts of results day out of my head. Oh, that's, that sounds excellent. Do you think that's a possible stress reliever for getting rid of anxiety going on holiday? Um, It's a bit of a difficult question. So I'll move on to Akib because Akib... I like putting Akib on the on the spot there. Um, do you think holidays are a stress, a form of stress reliever to get rid of anxiety? And I think anything that preoccupies your time is a form of a stre- is a stress reliever mm-hmm. and a form of way to deal with anxiety. Because if you preoccupy your time and are um, working, try, just taking your mind off that and doing other things, then your brain won't be focused on that thing you're stressed on. Yep, I agree with you. And uh, that's essentially uh, my next question was going to be on, um, which I'll pose to Junaid because he was already starting to talk about it when I asked him the wrong question. Um, but I was going to ask him, do you think there are ways to tackle anxiety? Because as you said, everyone in life faces anxiety at some point or another. And what sort of, and now that we know that this is uh, what we feel is an issue, do you think that there are possible methods of getting rid of anxiety? Yeah, of course, there are many ways of uh, tackling anxiety. And anxiety is an issue where, of, like, which concerns many people in, uh, in society. And I think one way to tackle that is by desensitizing yourself to it, by getting into much com- uncomfortable situations as possible. So the more uncomf- uncomfortable situations you get in, the more... Uh, you'll get used to that feeling of anxiety and you know um, you'll be used to that you know awkward situation or whatever so I think that will help you um, deal with that emotion so essentially you're saying increased exposure is what we need yeah get yourself out there rather than keeping to yourself and just not telling anyone about it the phrase is getting out of your comfort zone right um, and 
Uh, do you? Does any of you disagree? Because I actually I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think people want to stay in their comfort zone, and some people wouldn't. They don't. It's about your how. Let's say people don't really want to get out of their comfort zone. They feel uneasy. But the thing is, if you don't get out of your comfort zone, you you won't get anywhere in life. Because to actually, I would disagree with that. I would disagree that, with that as a, well. No. <laughs> sorry, but kind of piling on you, Janaid. But that's a pretty. Why are you guys attacking me? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a pretty. Uh, um, bold statement Bold statement to make essentially Because you're saying that People can't progress without Getting out of their comfort zone but The thing okay. is if, if To progress you need to try different things And improve your skills get, oh. skill set And if you won't you, If you won't try new things <laughs> Of course You're not getting out of your comfort zone are you Whoa whoa It's getting a little too I, heated I, in I here I agree with Junaid Because If oh, you're only thank you. In your comfort zone Then how else are you Going to help improve Because the only way we learn things Is by going out of the comfort zone Trying new things and then improving, but if you're only doing things that you you know you're good at, then there's no there's no exactly. If you don't if you don't make any mistakes, you won't learn anything new. We have a two v two in the building. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what you need to realize is that when you're getting out of your comfort zone, essentially what you're doing you're taking a leap. They call it the leap of faith, yeah. and that's what you do when you're coming out of your comfort zone. But sometimes, well, as I would assume in my case, especially most of the time. In order to learn something new, I don't need to get out of my comfort zone because I can build on what I know or like remotely build on what I know. Let's suppose I'm learning. Uh, I know this doesn't work all the time. I won't give an example because I can't think of anything. But even it doesn't work all the time that you can relate to something new, to something old that you know. But generally what I find is you don't need to get out of your comfort zone uh, because if you take the imagery of stairs, for example, it's harder to climb stairs than it is to uh, climb a slope. If that makes sense, because with stairs you have to take one step, two step, and there's there's no nothing gradual about it. But when you're going up a slope, you can go as slow slow as you want, and you see there's a gradual change. There's no stress involved with a slope compared to a stairs. One hundred percent agree with that, Bill. So what, what uh, the room's quiet. Wait. I think I won. <laughs> so what was your point then? So oh. my, my point was, you don't need to get out of your comfort zone in order to learn something new. But if you're learning something new, you're automatically out of your comfort zone. Because you don't you don't know that thing that you learn. Exactly. When you step into the unknown, uh, you're not in your comfort zone. So of course, you're gonna make some mistakes. You're gonna fail. You're gonna try again. You're gonna fail. But you learn from your mistakes and build upon that to make yourself a better human being. Well, so you so you believe that in order to learn something new, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Yes, yeah. because the way I see it is your comfort zone is what you already know. Therefore, if you're learning something new. You're necessarily going out of your comfort zone. I, I disagree with Akim there. Your comfort zone is your skill set. To me. I would disagree with you there. Because <laughs> we're supposed to be in the same team. Come on. <laughs> so I would see, the way I see it is, your comfort zone is what you're okay with doing. Yeah. It's something that is your state of mind while you're doing a particular action or in a particular situation. And while you're learning something new, that situation of learning something new, uh, of being in a position where you're learning something new, it's not... It, it's your emotions that generally dictate whether it's a, uh, it's whether it's a, st- it's something you are getting out of your comfort zone for, or whether it's whether you're in your comfort zone still, because it's easy to learn something new without having to get out of your comfort zone. Because if by my definition of a comfort zone is something you're comfortable with doing, if you're comfortable with learning something new, you're essentially still in your comfort zone and you're learning something new. But. Say I so way I would see is your comfort zone is a particular subject you could say example, uh, one someone's comfort zone could be maths, and they could be really good at doing maths, but say if they one day wanna 
maybe you start doing um, PE and you want to start learning how to box, for example, they're going to be coming out to comfort zone. It's something different to what you're already doing. And I think everyone in their lives goes through a phrase where they try new things which are completely different to the things that they ordinarily do and that, therefore, they are going outside their comfort zone. I think I have a counter-argument to that. Go ahead. So in maths, you just, uh, if maths is your favourite subject, you're using that mindset that you have. So if you're going to go do that boxing that you want to do, you're still going to use that exact same mindset. It's a completely different mindset needed, though. Let me ask you guys a question. <laughs> yeah, we're going away from there. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're going on a tangent. <laughs> listen, listen. Fair enough. You can you can stay in your comfort zone and try, uh, learn something new, right? That's what that's what your point was, Abdul. Mm-hmm. But would you not agree that learning something new when you're not in your comfort zone will overall make you a better person? Um, not necessarily, because what I find is when I'm facing issues such as anxiety, uh, which it, I suppose is something I'm exposed to. Quite, I would suggest, I would assume I'm, I, I face it more often than you guys because for me I'm just a really anxious person and that's just what I'm like. I would assume that um, while I'm learning something new, uh, that I would essentially be learning it better if I was inside my comfort zone because then I don't rush. When I get anxious, I tend to panic and do things faster and, and, and like half do it if that makes sense. But when I'm in my comfort zone, I wouldn't mind doing it slowly and steadily, and it just makes more sense to me. But, but see, that's where yeah. I sort of differ, because personally, I know when I'm in my comfort zone, I tend to, tend to take a more relaxed position, and I don't probably try uh, my don't give my 100% effort to the task I'm doing. When I'm outside my comfort zone, I know that this is not something I'm used to, and therefore I'm more focused and more attentive on what I'm actually doing. Wait, to put to put your point in terms of Inspire FM, right now <laughs> you're obviously not in your comfort zone because you're hosting the radio show, right? You could do the same thing in your comfort zone at home calling in. Why don't you just do that then? Um, I suppose um I would I suppose you just assume that I'm in not in my comfort zone. Whereas yes. I would I would, <laughs> yes, I would yes. argue that I am in my comfort zone right now because uh, but if you told me but two how years can you ago know that? how can you know that? Because I'm I feel relaxed right now because you're sweating though. Sweating does not correlate with does not hundred percent correlate with being anxious. I sweat in winter, in summer, all year, all four seasons. It is quite hot in here. Um, But um, from if you asked me two years ago if I was in my comfort zone in this chair, I would tell you no because there's so much so much responsibilities on my shoulder. It'd be like oh, I have to put the mics up. If I don't, Akib's not going to be heard. And which is kind of a good thing. But uh, but it would be like that. There's so much responsibility. But now that that responsibility has been normalized to me, it, I'm not inside my comfort zone. So in, in a sense, with that example, you just got me to agree with your point earlier <laughs> about uh, being constantly exposed, which I agreed with. I agreed with that point that if you're constantly exposed to anxious situations, you can, I say can, you can <laughs> develop to situations like and develop your like reduce your anxiety in that specific but situation. That, that's how it works naturally. Because mm-hmm. the more you're exposed to something, the more you're desensitized to it and more easier it will become. That's with anything. The more you do something, the better you become at it. So if you're uh, uncomfortable at going to, let's say, social situations, and then because of that, you, w- you want to put yourself in the most uncomfortable situation as possible, you join, let's say, a uh, debating team. And then that's going to obviously improve your speaking skills, help you cope with your anxiety. Because when you're put on the spot, you're going to have to deal with it no matter what. And then that makes you overall a better person. You're going to have to deal with it, but what's to say you'll deal with it effectively? What's to say you'll no do ma- a good job? Exactly. At it? If you fail, you learn from your mistakes. You learn from it. We're not. 
No, there's two different approaches yeah. you can have, right? Let's say it's like a fork in the road. You can either learn from your mistakes or you can stay and cry in the corner because of that mistake. Generally, what tends to happen is our minds are, I hate to admit, but I think I read somewhere that our minds are pretty negative. As in, and the research was that um, you can you can have uh, 100 good things happen and only 5 bad things happen. You're more likely to remember that bad thing. That's how our minds work, essentially. Like, like if you ask me to recall the journey home from college, I will tell you that one of the major things that I remembered was Shakib nearly fell over on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the main things which I remember, which is a bad event. <laughs> so essentially, I, our minds are built to kind of remember the bad things because we kind of want to change it, even though we can't, if that makes sense. I mean, that's, all, that's even better because if you remember the mistake you did, you'll make sure you don't make the same mistake again. That's how you learn new things. If you make a mistake, you learn from your mistake, correct it, don't make it again. And even if you make it again, we're human. Hold we're on, only hold human on. at the end of the day. Let me pose this question to you, Junaid, again. How often do you face anxiety? You just asked me that yeah, yeah. five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, but I want to ask you again. How often, often. do you face it? Um, sometimes. I sometimes face it, sometimes don't. It depends on the mood I am. So if I was put into a situation where I haven't been in before, like, let's say I'm in a new class, right? I don't mm. know anyone. I'm going to have... Naturally, as anyone would do, feelings of anxiety because I don't know anyone. But as I get used to the people, I get to know them, um, it reduces and I, I can cope with it. But what about on a regular basis? Let's say um, a better example would, would, for you would be in high school, uh, back when uh, you had no worries of GCSE. Let's say, let's say back in year 10, back when you had a steady routine, you're used to your subjects. What would be the most nerve-wracking thing for you then? Maybe I think it was the test day of test results because you never know how well you did, even though you put a lot of effort in. You never know the outcome. Right, and uh, Shakib, what about you? Um, let's suppose we're back in year ten. You have a steady routine. Uh, what would be the most nerve-wracking things for you that would happen, like pretty regularly? Nerve-wracking. Hmm. I was never really anxious back then. I think it was getting something when I gave a sheet of paper. To a teacher getting remarked, I'd be anxious like, did I do well or uh, what's the feedback I'm gonna get? Did she like it or not? That makes sense. Or he or she, I mean. Yeah. And Akib, what about you? I sort of agree with Shakib there. Um, stuff like homeworks, getting um, once you you know give paper in, seeing the remarks and seeing um, how you've sort of done and what the outcome is, was probably. Are you improving yeah. or? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's where we differ because for me. The, one of the most nerve-wracking things would be giving in, just going to every lesson. It would be, have I forgotten every homework? Have I forgotten to do a certain task, which I was told? Did we have this activity to do? Do I know enough for this lesson? Like, all these questions would be running through my mind. So essentially, between every lesson, I would have these small little anxious, anxious feelings. Even though I was comfortable with the lesson, I knew how the teacher worked. I still had those feelings of anxiety, so I would argue that, based on that experience, I would, I have like, I face more anxiety than you on a regular basis, and generally when I'm in that state of anxiety, what tends to happen is, uh, I overthink things. I'm not sure how it works for most people who have anxiety, but I overthink things like, and all these questions pop up in mind, these made-up scenarios, and it just gets really overwhelming to some extent, and I feel as if, when you're in a state of anxiety, I. A better example would be for and um, when we went on this debating competition. I'm not sure if any of you were on it back in year 10, I believe. What happened was we had to present in front of 
a small audience, but I remember completely shutting down. Like even though it, it was outside, I was outside of my comfort zone. Like yeah, like an example that Junaid would want, but I didn't necessarily do my best. But I didn't necessarily focus on anything because when I was in that state, what happened was I zoned out. I I was panicking. And my mind was starting to rush. I don't focus on the mistakes <coughs> I'm making back then. You kind of just want it to be over and done with. That's how it felt for me. So I felt as if even though it was something I could learn from, my anxiety meant that I couldn't learn from it. I think we've spoken enough about anxiety and the situations we're in, but I think we should talk about how we can approach it, like actual ways of coping with it when you're on the spot, as Adil was on that day. All right, Junaid, I day. pose a question to you then. How do you think we can deal with anxiety? Oh, first of all, in, in the case of you know speaking, I think the person who feels as if they're not speaking correctly and like they they feel like they're on the spot and everyone's looking at them, they're on the spotlight. They tend to notice every little mistake they make as they speak, and as they think more about it, they like they start stumbling and make every you know problem they uh, problem that they have when they speak. They tend to focus more on it as they're speaking. So. But in in, re- in the reality, people who are listening to you, they think you're speaking fine. It's just you, as an individual, overthinking it. Okay. And uh, Shiki, what would you be your number one advice to give to someone with anxiety? I think they they shouldn't really. I can't. It's hard to give advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I move on to Shiki. Move on to Shiki. Yes, I think it's different for everyone. But I say distract yourselves. Um, go obviously everyone it's good to be anxious at some points but sometimes say when you've got free time or it's your leisure time try to distract yourself try to forget all those things that you're nervous about and just do something completely different so for that period of time it was just completely relaxed right and for me my advice would be just breathe relax slow down because what happens is we overthink things and we just need to calm down so join us after the break, inshallah, because we're coming to the end of this first half. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Community Connect. And we were on the topic of mental health, and we'll be going on to our second topic, which is Abdul um, about influential people in society. You should know this. Uh, I know this. I was just testing if you knew it. You're testing me, the one who came up with the topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, and Akib. Sorry, Akib. Yeah. You came uh, up with the topic. Yeah, Akib, you can start the topic off. Okay, so we're going to talk about the most influential, in our opinions, uh, most influential people in society now. For me. It would be the people in emergency services, so doctors, um, firefighters, policemen and women, those, those sort of people um, who are the most influential and the people that we should look up to because those are the people, our, our, our society um, relies on emergency services sort of as a lifeline yeah. and, those, and the hours that those people put in are immense and the rewards they get from it are uh, fairly little for the work they put in. So for me, those are sort of the most influential people that we have in society. Okay, and um, sorry, I kind of don't know there. Which <laughs> people did you say? I had a description, but it didn't miss the name. Um, so the emergency service. Emergency, emergency services. Emergency services. Okay, and um, 
Junaid, you thought I was going to say Shagib, didn't you? I personally think it's the people with the most exposure. So the more people you have that uh, watch you, that listen to you, either on, like, I don't know, social media or anything like that, I think those kind of people are quite influential because what they do and what they say affects a large number of people in a relatively short period of time. So the more exposure you have, any little thing you do is maybe monitored by the media or like any mistake you do, they'll be in the newspaper the next day. So I think those people are quite influential. That's pretty vague. What do you mean by exposure? By exposure, like... People who've been exposed to radiation or what? You know know, know what social media is, right? Yeah. yeah. So like on Instagram, for example, you can have a lot of followers. Also people who've... um, so people who are followed basically have a large so, following. Yeah, a large f- following base. So, uh, okay. fan base, whatever you can call it. Yeah, I, I agree with that in the sense that they have the most influence over people's lives, um, in one aspect. But um, stuff like people who work in emergency services, they, they without they without us realizing impact all of our lives because we mm. couldn't, our our society couldn't work without them. Yeah, that's. But true. we just assume that these people we see on social media have the biggest impact <laughs> because. We we tend to look out for them more, but for emergency services we don't really we don't really think about it because it's just something second nature to us. Mm. Because when you when you're critically ill, you're gonna call the hospital. When your son's birthday has to naturally call the police, but we don't nat- necessarily think about that all the time. Just just a question: When someone burns your house, you're gonna call also, the police? Burgle your house. Oh, when, okay. But we, but but when those situations happen, we automatically think about emergency services, and when we're in those. Um, sort of extreme s- scenarios it's the emergency services that we turn to and that's hence why they're sort of the most influential in my view and what about you Shakib? what do you think I think the most influential people in our society must be like the local masjids and the local imams and how their speeches and talks can uh, impact us as Muslims and make us be- better Muslims and how they affect people with their stories and their talks and speeches that's especially the youth yeah, that's I agree with you there. And I actually haven't thought of anything, so um, I'm just going to disagree with one of you while I try and come up with something. <laughs> uh, um, Junaid, you said people who have a large fan base. I would disagree with you there in the sense that um, people who do have a large fan base, sometimes it can be for the completely most irrelevant reason, and that's why they have a large fan base. It could be because they play this game, they're a gamer, etc. They could be that... I don't know, they do something pointless and that makes them famous. But the the point of the matter is it's not how they get the fan base, it's the fact that they have the fan base. I don't it doesn't really matter how you get, get the numbers at the end of the day. But when you get when the statistics show that you got a lot of people following you and it could be it could be bought, I don't know however you can get it, but whatever you do, those people will see it. And that way that's that's my point, that it'll be influential in that sense. Oh influential in the sense that they get out to the most people. Yeah. Yeah. So like you forward a message and then loads of people will see it. Um, I, I that, that's actually a really good point from that aspect. But I feel as if just by just by uh, people seeing what they do, it doesn't necessarily mean that they influence people, like influence their behavior or actions or some sort. But it depends on who the person is. For example, some people like religiously follow like certain celebrities and how they dress, what they do, what they say, how they act. They copy every. There are a lot of people out there that do that. Yeah. Like they proper into it and they copy every single aspect of so and so's life. That's true. Um, I'm gonna. So when we're the most influenced, is say when we're in our most um, warful state. Is that, is that word? Vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerable. vulnerable state is when we're most influenced. Mm-hmm. And when we're most inf- uh, vulnerable is say when we're in extreme scenarios. So again, when we're having to rely on 
emergency, emergency services. <laughs> That's when, so our doctors are maybe very inf- influential to us because at the end of the day, they are the ones that, Etienne <laughs> is laughing, <laughs> they're the ones that basically um, save our lives on a daily basis. That's why I think they're the most influential in society. I've thought of something. I'm happy. Um, teachers. Teachers are essentially really influential. I remember thinking of this a couple hours ago, but I forgot it. Teachers, essentially, at the end of the day, they're the ones who teach us, uh, because it's in the name, teachers, and they're the ones who kind of mould our personality as we're going along. They're the ones who tell us uh, what certain things are. They kind of, even though it's not their job to, their job is to specifically teach these um, from this certain specification of the subject, Alongside that, what they do is they teach us things such as manners and uh, certain behaviours that we should do, all those morals that we should know. They do that for free, and they don't get paid extra for it. So I feel as if they're some of the most dedicated and hard-working people you can ever meet. So yeah, I believe teachers are pretty influential. Do you, do you mean influential in terms of like the butterfly butterfly effect? So, so th- they may teach you some uh, knowledge or some skill set, and then based on that skill set, you build upon that and do great things in life. Is is that what you mean by influential? Yeah, exactly, it's exactly like that. And the fact that whatever you learn, you could share onto someone else who could le- who would then be able to learn from you, but you learn from your teacher. So. They're indirectly the cause of that person. I think teachers have a different influence on you, as um, teachers can help mould what you become. Yep. So in that aspect, they're influential to your future mm-hmm. and your life in the long run. Yep. And another point you can say, I don't want to add this point, in terms of being like influenced by hard on your teachers and building upon that skill set that they provide you. I think you get influenced by your peers as well. Yep. You passively learn from them, pick up habits, whether it be good habits or bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um you adopt those to your own characteristics and I think that's another influence. Also adding to Jay's point, doesn't that go for your parents as well? It goes for everyone. Yeah, everyone that you around or you associate with within your life have an influence. You're influenced by environment, people, the education system, everything. And I don't think we often realise that by when we say do certain actions, how much we actually influence those around us. You know, if you have younger siblings, if you do something, they're very likely to stop following you whether what you done is good or bad so and i think often when we do certain deeds we just sort of think about the consequences on ourselves mm-hmm. and we don't actually think about the consequences for all those around us so when you start doing good things um those around you are going to start to follow and want to um do it because you're also doing it and when you do start doing bad things similarly those people around you are also going to want to do those same things because you're doing it i have to admit i'm pretty guilty to that as well because i have a younger sister and She's not so young anymore, but when when I was younger and still in the process of maturing to become who I am, she used to follow me back then. And back then, I would waste a lot of time and do a lot of, like, not bad things, but just pretty annoying things. Stupid things. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit bad for it. Uh, thank you. Or should I say, I'm offended, but... <laughs> but And then she kind of picked up those habits, and I just thought about myself in that sin- in situation, so... But now I've realised how much of an influence I've made because she's picked up the habits that I've grown out of and it just gets me annoyed to see those habits. And the fact is that um, I, if the fact that I find it annoying now just goes to show how annoying I must have been back then as well. So I, I don't think we realise how much of an influence siblings are as well to us. I think this influence that we have on other people, other human beings, I think that's a real issue in like schools these days within the youth especially. You think it's an issue? 
Yeah, I think it's a problem in Why some ways that? because you know how some people, you know, they mess about, they uh, they do the wrong things, they bunk lessons, so on, so on. I think many of the youth are adopting that as a way of, you know, acting like acting cool or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think most of our youth, especially in this community, I think, in my opinion, they uh, pick up on bad habits and adopt those later on in, the, in their life, which then again, as the butterfly effect shows, it's going to have a ne- negative impact in the long run. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. but either uh, could be either good or bad thing yeah. because say someone, obviously you brought up the examples of like bunking and messing about, but say someone's picking up the... Litter. Say if they not little. <laughs> say if they pick up the values of being a good person, or their iman is improving because of the people they around. And this probably say for example, I think um, Abdul Saban brought it up last time. You know how he was going to the prayer room and people followed him. That is an example of how uh, Abdul Saban doing that action. People are also following and doing a good deed as well. Yeah, so I think it's really important that. Uh, the fact that we have that much of an influence without realizing is it's a passive influence nonetheless but people generally see it like that and we should try and take some more consideration into that so uh, we just mentioned uh, the point of passive influence and i think that's a really key point that we mentioned actually and Junaid is doing his hair there. <laughs> so and Junaid, um you mentioned passive influence and the butterfly effect so what do you think is the biggest uh, what do you think is the biggest danger of the butterfly effect, essentially? I think the biggest danger is, of course, a small change can result into a, uh, a big, like, output. So, you may do a small little mistake. Some youngster picks up on it, looks at you. He says, look at this great guy. You know, I should adopt that for myself. He starts doing that every day, and one thing leads to another, and then he can be, like, into a... He can get into a gang or something like that. Or well, depends on what the little action he did was That's, originally. So but I've got a question here to pose to you. How do you know that person's gonna have that mindset of, oh yeah, I see this guy doing this, I'm gonna copy this? No, I'm just assuming that. Yeah, so then, that's assuming that. Because that's assuming. humans. The question we was, we, we pick up from each other. One, one of us does something. We tend to learn from it, especially from elders, even if it's the right or wrong thing, because we necessarily don't know. Even if we do know, it's the wrong thing. You know, we think, okay, that's the cool thing to do. Uh, so we end up following because we, obviously, for example, we all know bunking's wrong. Everyone knows that. But some people will think, oh, that's what the cool thing to do. That's the way to fit into society. And that's what I'm going to do. So but that's what people I believe out. if you're taught you know, stray away from the bad things that you won't be influenced by the bad people. Like you said, we know that bunking is bad. I believe if you've been taught bunking is bad, you won't do it e- even if it's cool or not. Should keep the question was about the butterfly effect and how it could be negative. And we're assuming in this case, yeah. the person... Is gonna adopt your, your you know your action. Tangents are okay, it's fine. But one thing I think we should highlight is the fact that people who are influential, as Junaid said earlier, are the people who surround you. Peer pressure is a massive issue nowadays, which is commonly overlooked. We the the saying is, your friends essentially make you. If you want to judge a man, look at his companions. So it's really important that we take peer pressure into consideration because that is what influences you forcefully in a sense. But when we talk about peer pressure, I think we often talk, talk, think about the negative connotations of it, but peer pressure can also be a really good thing because say if you're um, not, I think we talked about this with the share a couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. but it was it last week? Last week. <laughs> uh, last week um, about us influencing people and if you do the right things and you, your neighbours and people around you pick it up, then that's positive peer pressure. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Uh, but I wouldn't really call that peer pressure because pressure assumes that you're doing it against your will, essentially. Mm. I'd say it's more being influenced to do the right thing, if that makes sense. Because yeah. pressure has that yeah. connotations of, oh, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I don't want to do you're this. Still doing it just to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel as if it's being positively influenced to some extent. And um, um, that's, that blink brings me on to my next question. How important do you think teachers play at a young age? So I'm kind of jumping the gun here because one thing I forgot to mention is young people in our society, they're more likely to be influenced, right? So be- bearing that in mind, how influential do you think teachers are to young people who are in, let's say, primary school and be- before that? I think teachers are very influential. As you see them back, when, uh, back when, while you're young, you see them every day, right, for about four to five hours every single day for five days a week. Yep. They play a really important part in your life about how what type of person you're going to be. As the teachers do teach you learning, but they can also they also teach you your manners, your equi- um, Etiquettes. Etiquettes. That's the word. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And anything to add? Do you think teachers have a huge role upon children? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a huge role because at the end of the day, the the way the way you are is actually I feel is based around how the environment at home is, In what your parents teach you. Well, just at home, you reckon? For example, let, let's say you have a kid, right, and <clears throat> you only rely solely. On uh, the teachers and the, the education system to sort him out and you know manage him. Mm-hmm. That that lack of uh, interference from the parents, I think, would cause the child to, you know, lack in certain qualities. Because if 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 a child doesn't have certain things like uh, someone checking up in all, checking up on him all the time, asking him how his day has been, I think it'll have a negative impact on, you know, his mental health. Linking back to the first topic. Here, I partly agree with Janet. Uh, yeah, your parents do play a big role, but so does the education environment. Because again, this is where you make your friends, and the people who, who you are friends with do influence you in life. And those friends, those so-called friends, could have a negative impact as well on you. And the people that care most about you in life is your parents. I think your parents care about you more than your teachers. You, you need to realise that your parents stay there throughout your entire yeah. lives, but your friends come and go, right? So, Junaid's yeah. right there saying your parents... Uh, but obviously it depends on who the parents are But your parents stay with you pretty much your entire life They're always there for you yeah, their, their intentions will always be pure Because at the end of the day, you're from them Yeah, so Essentially, if anything, we owe our parents so much And they do. St- they worry about, about us in the background Even when we There is nothing to worry about Because they care for us that much So, shout out to mom and dad Can we pose the question to Akib? Yeah, what's the, what's, the question? Awesome. Yeah, what's the wait, question? What's the question? About how if teachers are influential I think people underestimate how much time we're spending school and place mm. of education Especially when we're younger with a certain teacher Because we tend to have one teacher for the whole sort of year You just have the one mm. teacher for all your lessons And we underestimate how long we spend I think was it six hours a day So about 30 hours a week we are in that classroom When we were young in primary school um, and for 30 hours a week, you're just seeing that one teacher teaching you and you're going to pick up all the little habits that they do, whether it's good habits or bad habits. See, say if that teacher is really good at planning, you're going to pick that up. Say if your teacher um, isn't, say, the most dedicated at a job, you're going to pick that up. And 30 hours a week is a very long time, especially for someone who's younger. Mm. Essentially, that is the core thing that we need to realise. Teachers have that much of influence. And do you know what's, what's really sad? The more you think about it, the fact that teachers 
they groom these children up, up in such a way. So no, not in that <laughs> sense, in the sense that they groom you to like the calming sort of. They, they, right. they, they mold you. They mold. They you. shape you into the person you are. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of, they, and that is what they've been doing for years and years and years, and they do it through you from the beginning of the journey all the way to the end. And then you have to move on and carry on with your life, and they've developed that sense of attachment and but responsibility, like a second parent to you. But can we pose the question? When we are kids, we have different teachers every year, mm-hmm. so we have we can't say we've been influenced our whole lives by the same teacher, but we've been influenced by different teachers. Mm-hmm. But even throughout that year, don't you feel that you kind of gain a sense of attachment with some teachers more than others? Like some might yeah, yeah, you some people have a favorite teacher than other teachers. Yeah, and I believe that you can get attached more to one teacher than another. So Abdul, who is your favorite teacher? Uh, <laughs> well, currently or from high school? From high school. From high school. Um, and why? Um, I suppose uh, shout out to Mr. Palmer because he was, even though um, people underestimated his abilities, I felt as if he had the style of teaching that kind of suited me, mm-hmm. and. Um, he was just a friendly guy. He had that personality about him, which kind of made me like more, uh, more attracted to his personality. If that makes sense. So like he speaks to you on your level, right? Rather than being like a formal adult to a ch- like a child. Yeah, yeah. It seems like more. A child to a it seems more friendly, yeah. and mm. that was more encouraging. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um. What for teachers in high school? Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. So I never actually got taught by Mr. Palmer. But I would say he was probably one of my favourite teachers. Uh. From the ones I got taught with, probably Dr. Evans, which mm. is quite... Uh, if you had said that to us back in year 10, everyone would be like, wait, what? Dr. Evans, why? But I think over the two years I had her, I sort of learned that she was very strict, but it was all for the right reasons. And she taught sort of resilience, because her classes were very intense. But because she was making sure that you were always consistently working hard during her double lessons, you became much more resilient. And... It actually ended up paying off in the end. You know what's important? These teachers who we're mentioning, and even those who we haven't mentioned, they've taught us these things. They've essentially influenced us mm-hmm. in our personalities. And as Akib mentioned, resilience, that's a, one of the key personality traits, I would say, that you need in order to kind of avoid being influenced, if that makes sense. Because obviously when bad influence is around you, you're more likely to do it. But if you have that resilience within you, I feel as if you're more likely to do good things, even if all the other apples in the tree are bad, there's still that possibility of that one being good. What do you guys think about that? Do you think resilience can help with avoiding being influenced? I think being knowledgeable in the fact that you can be influenced, even though if even even if you try not to try your best not to pick up the bad habits of those around you, I think it's best to know that it can happen. And if you know that it can happen, and you know really like think about what's happening around you, what situation you're in, and that can really help in terms of you avoiding those picking up those bad habits. Indeed, and um, we're coming down to the last minute of our show. I want to get your closing remarks about uh, being influenced. Do you still stand where you were at the beginning of the show? Who, what do you think is the most influential type of people to you in society? Cool, thank you. Um, so <laughs> I, I sort of changed my stance from originally. I think it is teachers and parents because those are, those are the two that when we're younger we see the most, mm-hmm. and it's between those those two um, sort of, uh, those three really that we are 
influence and we become the people that we are. And what about you, Shakib? Um, totally, uh, totally agree with Akib there. And uh, yeah, agree with Akib. Okay, and Junaid? Right, depends on who the person is. For me, it would probably be my parents because what they say, since they you come you come from them that they know the best for you and they'll give the best advice. Okay, Jazakallah for listening. Join us next week and we also have our podcast up. Assalamu alaikum. Community Connect. Connecting community. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at Inspire FM Luton.